Hello, everybody, and welcome to Taking Control, the ADHD podcast on True Story FM. I'm Pete Wright, and I'm here with Nikki Kinzer. Hello, everyone. Hello, Pete Wright. Oh, hi, Nikki. Hi. Oh, hi. How are you? I'm doing great. How doing about good? you? I'm so great. I'm back from a week in Missoula, Montana. And if you are in Montana, in Missoula, you have an amazing town. <laughs> I loved my time there. I had a fantastic little Airbnb. And apart from the electronics on my car deciding, you know what, we don't want you to go home. I felt like a horror movie. I tried to leave. I got about 10 minutes out of town, stopped at a truck stop, and my car said, nope, you should stay here a couple you more days. You should stay in the truck stop. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> should stay in the truck stop. So smelled of diesel, but it was Montana diesel, which is cleaner. I don't know if you know that. It's uh, really that. lovely. No, we had a great time. Um, we are, we're back to business, though. We are talking about uh, overwhelm and uh, stress, uh, specifically around busy, overwhelmed women with uh, Dr. Lola Day today. We're very excited to have her here. Before we do that, head over to Take Control ADHD and get to know us a little bit better. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the mailing list, and we will send you an email each time a new episode is released. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest at Take Control ADHD. But if you really want to get to know us, head over to the ADHD Discord community. It's super easy to jump in there. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash Discord, and you'll be whisked over to the general invitation and log in. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit more, if this show has ever touched you uh, in some way, helped you live your life better with ADHD, become a patron. Just visit Patreon.com slash The ADHD Podcast, and you will get access to even more secret member-only channels in Discord, a, a fantastic community, and other incredible resources that we keep trying to create for members, for you to, to uh, have a, a better and richer experience with your ADHD community. So patreon.com slash the ADHD podcast to learn more. And you know, Nikki, how excited I am for the next thing I have to talk to you about. Yes. Which is, yeah, it's my favorite thing in the world. This week's episode is brought to you by Text Expander, one of the best invisible tools in my tech tool chest. It is always there. It's always on all my devices, running in the background. Text Expander is just waiting for me to type an abbreviation or a, a snippet in Text Expander parlance. When Text Expander sees that snippet, it goes to work instantly expanding from just a few characters that I type into sentences, paragraphs, calculations, pages of text just pop into view. Now, we're going to be talking a lot about overwhelm today, about overcoming the challenges of overload while living with ADHD. If staying on top of your communication and reducing those unforced errors is important to you, you owe it to yourself to check out Text Expander. Here's how it works. First, you find it. If there's something I type more than once, that's a signal I need to add it into Text Expander. Then I store it there. I keep my most used emails, phrases, messages, URLs, and more right in my Text Expander library. A snippet, again, can include text or links or images or code, whatever you want. And then I expand it. I deploy my content whenever I need it with just a few key keystrokes, an abbreviation that represents this longer bit of text. And then if I want, I can even share it. I can share it with other individuals or my family, or I can upgrade to a business account with Text Expander and share it with my whole team. It's really, really easy. It's available on Mac and Windows and Chrome and iPhone and iPad. And for listeners of the ADHD podcast, you can get 20% off your first year of service. Just visit TakeControlADHD.com slash text expander, and you'll be whisked over to our page on their site where you can get started. Again, if you get started now, save 20% off your first year subscription. 
The way we work is changing rapidly. Make work work the way your brain works by saying more in less time with less effort using Text Expander. Our great thanks to Text Expander for sponsoring the ADHD podcast. Uh, and you have some news, yeah? Yes, I am very excited to be uh, talking to you guys about some coaching options coming in October. It's group coaching, something that we haven't offered in a while. We have two different types of groups. One is the ADHD support group, which I will be co-hosting with one of our TCA coaches, Ian. And then we also have an ADHD parents group that we are going to do. It's going to be myself and with another uh, coach from TCA, Aviva. They are both going to be six weeks and the deadline to enroll will be October 19th. So definitely go and visit uh, my website at takecontroladhd.com to learn more about these groups and how to sign up and what they're all about. Very excited to be doing this. It's very, very exciting. And I love that it's with new TCA coaches. Yes. That's so great. It is. It is. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I, I think with that news, Nikki, let's go see if we can find Dr. Lola Day. Let's do it. Dr. Lola Day is a busy mother, double-boarded physician, lifestyle strategist, and an ADHD-trained life coach for ambitious women. She believes that the right system and strategies, all women can live a wholesome, wealthy, and fulfilled life without overwhelm and without sacrificing their goals, passion, or family. And she joins us today to talk about overwhelm, burnout, stress, and lolly-tasking. Dr. Lola Day, welcome to the ADHD Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so glad to have you. So, yes, please tell us a little bit about you. Share your personal journey with ADHD, how you got here. You're doing a lot of things, a lot of special things. So, yeah. How did you solve ADHD? (laughs) Hashtag. Hashtag ADHD. That was my life story. (laughs) As you guys know, we're multi-passionate people. Um, So my story actually started a long, long time ago in a faraway land. Just kidding. Um, But when I was younger, like looking back, of course, we always had ADHD, right? It's not something that just happens when you grow up. And then when you you get older, you're like, oh, wow, okay. Um, But when I was younger, I was always like the super ambitious kid, um, top of my class. You know, I was that one annoying kid in the class that got a 97 and was pissed when everybody else got like a C. You know, I was that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I (laughs) know you. (laughs) That was me. I'm sorry. That was me. And, um, but the thing about it is that my passion was learning. I actually loved to learn. And as you know, we, anything with ADHD, when we follow our passion, we thrive in it, Mm -hmm. right? So, but at the same time, when I was younger, I was never also the most hyperactive kid, you know, like the typical ADHD um, kid that you think about, but I was always a daydreamer, Mm -hmm. you know? And like my teachers would say, I think she's just bored. She's so smart. She's just bored. And for me, I'm like, no, I'm just thinking about the 1,000 other things I'd rather mm-hmm. be thinking about. Right. You know? Like, it wasn't necessarily like I was bored. My brain just goes everywhere. Um, but it wasn't until, I think, in high school, still top of my class, top 5% of my class, when I would take standardized tests. And it just never matched. Right. Oh, sure. right. Like, I would... And my issue, and I knew what my issue was because I've always been a learner or a problem solver. I'm a scientist at heart, right? Mm -hmm. I like 
in my program, we talk about how everything is an experiment, right? So in my mind, I've always been like, okay, if it doesn't work, let's do an experiment to figure it. So throughout my life, when things did not work, I would always do experiments to figure it out, aka creating strategies for myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I didn't realize I was masking my ADHD with those strategies, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So during that time, like I would take my um, SATs, uh, MCATs, or the various many exams I would take. And I will have anxiety because I knew I made stupid mistakes. I daydreamed during exams. I would never finish. And even with all that, I would still get like an 80 something percentile, right? So like people say, oh, you're just not a good test taker, but you're amazing, right? Mm-hmm. So I still went to UGA, go dogs. Um, had a <laughs> 4.0 GPA going to UGA, still got a scholarship, still did all those, you know, amazing things that of course you could not have ADHD and, you know, right. do all those things. Um, but it wasn't until I got to medical school and I was talking to one of my attendants, which is like our supervising doctors at that time. And she was, she was having a conversation with me and she was like, I just love your, you, like, you know, when we're passionate about stuff with ADHD, we hyper-focus on it. Mm-hmm. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. We're a little bit of a nuisance, you know, <laughs> when it comes to it. <laughs> and she was just like, your passion for medicine is just crazy. You're, you're just amazing. And I'm like, yeah. And she was like, I bet you're one of those people that like got a perfect score on your board exam. And my face just went down. Oh, because like I I was the kid that would teach other kids and they would get a perfect school. I never forget a perfect school, right? Mm-hmm. And like, and of course you couldn't have like a learning disability or anything because you're smart. Yeah. Like everybody know you're smart. You get hundreds on everything, but it's just that standardized test score um, that could not get to where I wanted to be, you know? Um, talking to some of my friends, they're like, oh, there goes Lola again. You got an 85. Most people got a 70. What's your problem? Mm -hmm. But what people didn't realize is for me to get that 85, I would study three, four times as hard. Yeah. I would hyper-focus on it instead of studying for five hours like everybody else. I was studying a whole week, Mm -hmm. you know. I was sacrificing vacations, you know. One of my friends, ironically, I live in Florida, and I remember one time all my girlfriends came to Florida in undergrad for spring break and I was like no I have a test the Friday after spring break and they're like are you crazy right let's go have fun yeah. and I wouldn't go because I knew I needed to do this to get the grades I wanted did you I also was a I was competitive too yeah. so that's part of it sure do you feel like I, go all ahead. of this that you're describing like it seems like I, I know with with my ADHD what I find when I go into that hyper focus mode and God bless you for mm-hmm. being able to hyper focus on actual school uh that was that was never my jam like I, I could focus on a lot actually. yeah you have the right the right wiring for that right now but <laughs> but I'm just wondering like the way you describe it all I can think about is what kind of a toll that takes on you in the background like did you find you were you were doing any sort of damage to yourself psychosocially emotionally like what was the cost of all of this you know you know the funny thing like I've always been the one kid that I was never big on peer pressure I knew what I wanted I was always that child that knew what they wanted so if I have a goal again with ADHD I had this big value system I was going to be a doctor because I wanted to go help these kids in Africa and nothing was going to stop me. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where our stubbornness, like when we lean into our strength, that stubbornness part of us, I lean into it. And I also had someone when I 
who, when I was young, told me I could never do it. And I had to show them I will do it, you know? So I had so many things. But when it comes to did he play a big... To be honest, growing up, I didn't really realize there was anything wrong with me. I just thought that was me. Mm -hmm. You know, I love to learn. I'm going to kick butt. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm going to do whatever it is to kick butt, right? Um, And I give examples of like, I was like, mine was learning. Simone Biles was gymnastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Phelps was swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, they just go all out. Like there's sometimes my mom will come and be like, I don't understand how I have to get mad at you for studying so hard. Turn off the light and go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. That, right. Was, that was my thing, you know. Um, but it wasn't until then when she was like, I think she had ADHD mm-hmm. in retrospect. She was like, I think you have ADHD. And to be honest, I was taken aback. I was like, how dare she? Yeah. And this is right. coming like, from your mom. No, no, no. This is the attending when I was in medical <gasps> oh, school. Oh, When she okay. asked me about my grades. I and I was see. like, oh, actually, my grades are good as in like the grades yeah. in school. But standardized tests, the reason was so hard was like they have long stems. And yeah. you know how it is. We can't read anything long. Yeah. And it was just like, ugh, I hate it standardized. I still have anxiety thinking about mm. it. Yeah. Um. So yeah. and she was like, I think you have ADHD. She was like, I've seen you. I've seen your passion. She knew the nuances that came with ADHD. Does that trigger anything for you? Recognize. Did you feel like, did you resonate with that when she told you? You were like, oh, no. yeah, I probably do. Or no, like, it, it, when did it no. click? When she said that, I took it quite offensive. Yeah. I was like, how dare she say I have ADHD? Because guess what? Even in medicine, it's just recently I and some of my physician friends are changing the narrative, even in medicine, yeah. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sure. Because what they taught us in medicine is hyper-focus, don't do well in school. Don't, like, I thought I was opposite of someone who had ADHD. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was, of course, 2008, 2009 era, right? Yeah. So, like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, of course I don't have ADHD. I'm the top of the class. Yeah. Excuse right. me. Yeah. You know, yeah. very defensive. And she said, you know what, just do me a favor, you know, go see student services. We have an amazing um, neuropsychologist. Just go see them. Just humor me. Just see what you might find out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was like, it might not be ADHD, but at least you know. Just go. Because it doesn't make sense that you, I know you know your stuff. You should be getting hundreds on your stuff. But there's something going on. And because I respected her, that was the only reason why I did it. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So how do you, you find out, how do you start learning to adapt to this new reality that you have ADHD? So when I did the test, it came back positive. They said I had severe inattentiveness. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't believe how it. How is that and possible? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's no way. Like, I'm I'm attentive. I stu- And he asked, so how do you study? I was like, well, when I want to study, well, I don't really go to class because I'm very distracted. So I just study in the library all morning. And I have to use a certain kind of music. And I have to do, and I'm telling him all the things I yeah, do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he's like, Lola, you do realize that everybody does that. I'm like, yeah different it's yeah. just different <laughs> <laughs> wow that's wow. fascinating and i had an exam another exam coming up mm-hmm. and he was like let's just humor me i'm gonna send you a psychiatrist let's just try you know 
some medication and, and I still was resistant. I was mm-hmm. like, why are they trying to label me? Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are they trying to label me? I saw it as a negative thing. And I see it sometimes in some of my clients, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of time I tell, I was like, I don't care what you call it. I don't care what label you put on it. All I know is you're not achieving this mm-hmm. and we need to fix it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There's issues. Because yeah. that was that was my holdup from getting actual help because I did not want to be labeled as someone who had ADHD because for me, I was not perfect. Mm, you know, I yeah. was not like there was something wrong with me. I mean, now I know. <laughs> now I'm like, it's my superpower. Right. But back then I felt like there was something wrong with me. So I did not want to confront it. So I, I listened. I went to the psychiatrist. I took the medicine. I'm just going to humor them. The first week I took the medicine while I was studying. I was like, wait, this is how people think. Like, mm-hmm. there's not always like something going on in people's mind. That was the first time I noticed, like, wait a minute. <laughs> and then I would ask my sister, so do you have a time where your brain is just quiet? And she's like, yeah, why? I was like, oh, okay. Just wondering. <laughs> like, my brain is always on, yeah. on dread. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. And I did my test and I got a 99 percentile ever on the standardized Hmm. test. Wow. And that was when I was like, again, I'm a scientist. There was a hypothesis. I did the experiment and the experiment confirmed it. And that was when I accepted it. And to be honest, you would think I would be happy. I cried. I went into the grieving process because I'm like, what, what life could be right? Suddenly this is real. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And um, it took me another five years when I, you know, got married and things started. And I was like, wait, my ADHD is is working. And then I started researching more about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny, like I fell into coaching because my friends would come in and they say, you're such an amazing organizer. You're so this, like everything that is not quote unquote ADHD because I always have things in place. Mm -hmm. So I started doing life strategies for women, busy women, like professional women. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to talk about how you made that, how you made that two transitions, Transitions, right? One is that you're, you're a physician. (laughs) That's, you know, like, uh, that seems like, (laughs) that's that's a big job. (laughs) I know some physicians and they're not people who seem to have a lot of time on their hands. Uh, And so you've decided to be a physician and a coach and lifestyle strategist and have this lollytasking thing. What made you decide to, to make that switch to, to, to add, coaching lifestyle ADHD to your already full boat? <laughs> oh, Lord, that's a very good question. I always I fell into it. Um, so I love what I love when I love things. I love to do it and I find a way to do it. Mm. <laughs> that's the longest short yeah. of it. Um, so I'm a pediatric cardiologist, very busy. <laughs> oh, my <hands> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm also a fetal cardiologist, but that's beside the point. So, <laughs> so, so when, when it's funny because I used to do a lot of traveling and used to give advice. I just love talking to people. I've always been like that, very jovial. And I would have friends come in and like, Lola, you seem like you have it all together. Like, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, sure, again. 
I'm learning now boundaries, right? <laughs> like I, I jump, I'm very impulsive in helping people, right? Yeah, I don't so know like, anything about that. Right. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come over to my house, we'll sit down. And I basically take over their life. I'm like, this is what I do. Here's my strategy. And da, 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 da. and I basically, in the span of four or five hours, I create a whole strategy for them, right? Mm-hmm. And they take that strategy and they take it home. And they're like, whoa, this works for me. So you can imagine if it works for someone who has ADHD, someone who doesn't have ADHD, they're like, whoa, like, this is crazy. Yeah. So my friends would tell other friends. And then other friends would tell other friends. And that's how I became a quote-unquote lifestyle strategist. And mm-hmm. the first first year, I did it just because it was fun. I mm-hmm. actually loved doing it. It was more of like a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something that was not in the sciences and was still fun. It mm-hmm. was still, you know, strategizing. What were the kind of topics that you worked on with those folks? Like, I mean, did you, was it home-related, work-related, everything? Yeah, so it was basically whole life planning. It mm-hmm. was more basically creating a life plan for them. I see. So they will come, a lot of them were physicians just because that's who I know majority because I was a nerd and all my friends were doctors. (laughs) (laughs) I, a question on that before you dive in. Yeah. Uh, What is the, the, like, is ADHD of some prominence in the physician community? Yep. And this, this people didn't realize till recently. And I can tell you exactly the specialty they go into emergency medicine. Oh, sure. We thrive under pressure. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And things like cardiology, which I am. Yeah. Because in cardiology, you don't have to memorize everything is pumps and, and electricity. Yeah. So it's like math. That's why I like math too. Yeah. Like I don't have to memorize anything. Once I know the formula, I can figure it out, you know? <laughs> so. Well, and it changes gears so fast, like everything changes so fast, like emergency medicine, like when if if the heart is stopping, you have to do something about it. Like it just you exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not doing the same thing over and over again. So like with me, I'm a pediatric cardiologist. One day I do fetal cardiology. Another day I do TEE, which is imaging the heart during surgery. And so like I have a lot of variety that keeps it fun. Yeah. I always knew I could not be in an office doing the same thing over and over again. I knew that even when I was like 10 years old, I was like, I will die, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, but going back to what I was saying, like the, the ladies will come to me and I'll basically create like a plan for them. Okay. This is what you need to do. This is what your schedule is. Do you have a routine? So basically a lot of the things I do right now Mm -hmm. for even my ADHD clients, except with my ADHD client, I, you know, I use more ADHD language and things that uh, uh, that pertains to them more. Um, yeah. And they will do all this thing. They're like, whoa, like I have so much free time, you know, and I always talk about rest, you know, when I talk about the wealthy, wholesome life, mm-hmm. having rest, having time. Cause the problem with ambitious women is like, we do, do, do for everybody and we don't rest and recharge. So like, I would go through all that with them. But then while doing it, I found out that a lot of us that were coming to me had ADHD. Yeah. yeah. Or like, I would talk to them and I'd be like, sis, you're like me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, and I would say maybe out of about a good 20 to 30%, I recommended to go see somebody and for sure they had ADHD diagnosed in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. Mm, interesting. You know. And when it got that much and they would come to me like, can you coach me for my ADHD specific? I was like, 
Uh, I'm going to go to school for that again. (laughs) And where did you get the training for the ADHD coaching? I went to ADD Coaching Academy after. Uh That's where I went. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As you know, it's an amazing program. I love it. Yeah. I was like, listen, I thought I knew ADHD, but after going to the school as a physician, I feel like this is a part of training. Even physicians need to learn. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we just, it's not taught. Like a lot of times people are like, my doctor, I was like, don't be mad at them. We were they not, just they don't know. especially, yeah. we don't know, you know, it's not just, that's not how, what we went. It's like a lot of things are not even in the DSM, which we use mm-hmm. to like, you know, diagnose these things, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm really glad I did. And now I'm actually doing my advanced um, master's coaching mm-hmm. training now. So. Wow. So how, yeah. how do you do all these things and, and yourself and not get burnt out? That's a very good question. Um, I practice what I preach. Mm -hmm. I have boundaries. So for example, I have a, um, I have a membership program where I only coach in a membership program once a week, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, um, protected time that my family knows because I do have family time. Um, and then I only, I don't do more than two one-on-one coaching. That's it. Yes. Um, cause at this point in time, I'm doing it because I love it. Right. Right. Not necessarily financial. I do think just keeping it real. Mm-hmm. I do think there's a time where I'm going to move to maybe 50% in my, in my clinical work mm-hmm. as a physician and then do coaching 50% because mm-hmm. I do love it. It, uh, when I, you know, that feeling when a client like gets to their goal. It's like we won the Olympics together. Totally. Gold, yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I love it. And at the same time, I love when I help a child with heart condition. So yeah. I do not see myself giving up medicine and I don't see myself giving up coaching. So they're just going to have to coexist. Yes. Yeah. And you found a way to to create those boundaries so you can do Absolutely. both as well as creating the boundary for yourself and your family. Not an easy thing Absolutely. to do. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, 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 got yeah. a, I got a question. We, we often, like yes. sometimes we have gendered conversations on this show, but most of the time it's, it, it's, it's pretty gender neutral on the show. But, you mm-hmm. know, occasionally like your business is focused on on overwhelmed, busy women. Uh, what was it that led you to that that decision, working exclusively focused on women? Where are my dudes at? You know what? I've had men reach out to me all this time. They're like, why are you discriminating against <laughs> us? <laughs> and I was like, it really happened the way it happened, yeah. sure. right? It started with moms that were like, listen, how are you doing it? Yeah. Right? Dads weren't coming to me, you know? And then it evolved into, oh, this women had ADHD. And to be honest, it was who I connected with. Yeah, of course. I connected more with the women. And knowing my ADHD, I do things that I love, right? Not that I don't love you guys. Don't get me wrong. No, you know, I heard you. I you said the, it. No, I you said you it. That's it. It's out. I, <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, but it's, 
I, I, I am very passion driven. Yeah. I'm a very passion driven person. You cannot get me to clean the floor if I don't feel like doing it. Like mm-hmm. it is just heavy. So I lean into my strengths mm-hmm. and my strength. I love to, I mean, like, I'm, I can't talk to you about like the shoes I just bought yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to feel me. <laughs> so, I... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. And All it, right. That's fair. It is fair. And you know, it's, it's, tough too i think when you're looking at ambitious women because the roles mm-hmm. when we look at traditional roles a lot of those roles still stay true whether we like it or not Absolutely. you know women still do a lot a lot for the home and management of the home and the kids mm-hmm. and then you try to throw in a career not downplaying pete the the men of the world <laughs> Not at, at all, all because and it's hard some men do. yeah and some men do it's absolutely the majority yeah but it can really feel isolating if you're mm-hmm. uh, you know when you feel like you're by yourself and you feel like your life is falling apart and you're not really sure what to do to have resources like yourself and and uh, other coaches and and you know therapists all everybody in this realm that helps with people with adhd it makes a difference and absolutely and a lot of my sisters and I I call the women my sisters you know a lot of my sisters end up quitting because they're like I can't do it all right but sometimes it's just putting the structure in place um I love my children I love my husband but I've just never been one of those people that wanted to be a stay-at-home mom Mm -hmm. right like I actually love being in the clinic and I love being able to do both. But I'm also that mom at the soccer game that's like, yeah, 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 yeah. okay, you know, I want to do it all. So how do you do it all without burn without burnout? Mm-hmm. And that's really what my passion is about. It really starts in creating those hard boundaries. Part of the boundaries may be limiting the amount of sports your kids play. Like my kids are limited to one sport. Mm-hmm. You are limited to one sport every six weeks. If, if after the six weeks you want to try another one, that's up to you. But this mama right here does not have the time to go from soccer to volleyball to basketball to, you know, a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some people may say that's not fair. Kids should, I'm like, there's only one me. So we got to work with what works in our family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now my kids are doing soccer. Next month, one of them wants to try basketball. That's okay. But we got to make sure, and I make sure they do it for the six weeks. We're not going to stop after a week. No, 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 no. Yeah. We're going to go through it and decide if mm-hmm. we really like it or continue it or not. So those are like the, when we say boundaries, sometimes it may not even be boundaries on us. Sometimes it's boundary on the things we accept. Mm-hmm. That's a very you know, good point. Family. Yeah. So very good point. What else would you recommend? Um, so boundaries is something that you would do to prevent that burnout. What What is a, a, another like maybe system or strategy that you would uh, talk to your clients about to help them with this? The number, I'll say one, two, two things. The number one thing is rest. Mm. We have a hard time resting as ambitious women. We want to do it all. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's because, oh, well, when my husband does it, he just doesn't do it as good as I do it. Or I just, you know, it it costs a little bit more if I I hire help or, you know, it's just better if I just do it. It's faster, you know. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) one of the hardest things, believe it or not, is getting my clients to realize that 
if you do not charge your battery, you're actually not giving your family, your children, everybody the best version of yourself. Yeah. And I akin it to like an iPhone battery. I use iPhone, nothing against Android, because <laughs> that's what I use. But like on the iPhone battery, when it's at 10%, it goes yellow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A lot of moms, especially working moms, are on, I don't want to take away from the women who work at home as well, but they are on 10% constantly. Yeah. Yeah. No wonder you lash out at your kids when, you know, and then you you lash out at the people who love you the most, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not, you're not refueling yourself. So my number one thing, actually, when we start is we work on sleep. What is your bedtime? When are you resting? When we're doing planning, guess what we plan first? When are we taking vacation? When are we taking time out for ourselves? That's the first thing we plan because a lot of time with women, we plan everything else and then we look for, oh, okay, where I am have I a half hour here or yeah. maybe, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. right, yeah, right, exactly. And actually, when we plan, I don't say we have 24 hours in the day, I say we have 16 hours in the day. What do you want to do with that 16 hours? They're like, what do you mean 16 hours? You're sleeping eight hours. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so what are we going to do with the 16 hours? So, the number one thing is rest. And creating time for yourself. I call it self-fulfillment. It's not being selfish. Right. When you're self-full, then you can, you, then you overpour, mm-hmm. you know, then your cup can mm-hmm. really overflow and then you could give those extra. Mm-hmm. But if you're at 10% already, you burn out. Yeah, right. Right. So like for me, oh, trust me, I went to Tanzania this summer. I had a vacation. I sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't play with my sleep, you know. Mm-hmm. So number one, number two definitely is boundaries. Number three is delegating. Mm, tell okay. us about that. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Like, that's another fight we have to fight. Yeah. A lot of times people are like, I just, you know, it's just better if I do it or like if my husband does it, it's not as good. And I do something called SOP. Like in business, you have like system um, operating procedures. Create an operating procedure for your family. Okay, you don't like the way he unloads the dishwasher. Tell him how to do it. Hmm. If he does it wrong three times, keep telling him how to do it. <laughs> and you I'm dock serious. his pay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. And, and a lot of time it's not what you say, it's how you say it, yeah. right? It's like, honey, I'm so, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Okay, this is how I usually do it. Do you think you could help me do it like that? Thank you. You're the best, you know? Yeah. It's how you do it, right? Yeah. Like when I tell people, oh yeah, my husband helps me with this, 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 this. Is because I have allowed them to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of times we women, we don't want to hear this, but we're a little controlling. Mm-hmm. Right. We want to do it our way and our way only. And feel like we can it's- do it all. Like, I think that's the thing too. And the pressure of not only can I do it all, I should be doing it all. Like, you know, so then you start comparing yourself with other people and what you think other people are doing yes absolutely and that i take i (laughs) that's one of the things we fight about i'm like oh no we're not comparing yeah because i tell people i'm the only dr lola that's a cardiologist and also a coach has three kids and is married to who i'm married to so Mm -hmm. who am i going to compare myself to? right Mm -hmm. right you only need to compare yourself to yourself right and i think it's a little toxic when we think 
we should be doing it all. Mm -hmm. I saw a meme the other day. Only women can wake up and do this and do this and do this and do this. Strong women. No. Tired women. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Oh, Burnt out. Ten percent. Yeah. I, right. I'm so glad you bring that up because I think I going forward and I, you know, listeners do this too. Where, where are you on your iPhone? Are you at 10%? <laughs> And but you know what's you interesting? Get to Twenty or thirty, right? Like, let's increase yeah. that. Yeah, I have, I have two observations. One on that metaphor, which is, and this is so. Now I'm talking just about my wife because she's the one that I'm observing doing all this stuff. So she's <laughs> always in yellow mode. Like you know how mm -hmm. when the iPhone, once you recharge it, like you have a choice to take it out of low power mode, and most of the time mm -hmm. she never takes it out of low power mode, and that I think is kind of yeah. exacerbates the feeling like she's even when she's charged, she's not operating on full power, right? Because she's kind of mm -hmm. exhausted. But the other thing that I think is interesting, and we've gone back and forth about this over the you know 23 years of our marriage is I my impression is that she has set a standard for how things are done that she's responsible for, like grocery shopping or whatever. Like I do the laundry, but um, she does the grocery shopping. And so when I have to do the grocery shopping, my impression is her feeling is she's letting me down because she set a standard so high Aww. that she feels like it's a problem because she hasn't taught me how to do that. And that just exacerbates the feeling of exhaustion that she can't let it go because she's letting everybody down if she if she doesn't do it the way we've come to expect it, which is kind of a weird way around, uh, like looking at this from a perspective of kindness. Like we are all very, yes. very glad yeah, that she's absolutely. willing to do that and yeah, has been yeah. so conscientious of it. But she's exhausted, though, if it when it comes to that, you know. Mm -hmm. And can I just commend you? You're an amazing husband for even realizing and having that awareness, right? Because some issue I have with some of my clients is their husband now expect that of them, mm -hmm. and it's hard to retrain them that no, 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 this is not normal, right? So the fact that you have that is an amazing place to start from, and it starts from conversation. Like going to her be like, listen, yeah. <laughs> let's let's start this all over again. You are not expected. And some women, especially like high ambitious women, we put that expectation on ourselves. Nobody cares. We do. Right. We are the one right. who put that expectation on ourselves. And letting go of some of that expectation. I gave an example on how obviously I'm a cardiologist. I want my kids to eat healthy. Screen time is important and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> There was a week where, like, I wasn't going to be around. It's just, we lost our babysitter. We lost our help. It was, you know. And my husband said, I'm going to make lunch for the kids. And I was like, great, <laughs> thank God. And I came downstairs and I was like, oh, my gosh. My kids are eating Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> I started to unpack the... I started, I'm laughing because I, I still remember, like I said, I started to unpack it and I was like, no, wait a minute. Yeah. You're not going to die if they eat Oreos right. like one day. Like it wasn't just Oreos, it was other things too. But it was more like, it wasn't the way I would do it, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. And now I'm being controlling. He is trying to take some of that load away from me, mm -hmm. right? So like, and I came down, I joked about it. I was like, oh, we know daddy packed lunch today. You guys are getting, and the kids started laughing. We made it a joke. 
we talked about it. I was like, baby, I think Oreos was good today, but maybe we could put a little carrot to it yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Too, yeah. You, know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and guess what? That was a year and a half ago. Since then, he has been packing their lunch mm. for school. There you go. Nice. And guess what? Now he tells me, no, no, no. Don't put that in there. And now he is taking over and does it way better yeah. than I do. There's still some things I don't agree with, but I have learned to choose my balance. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Well, and that's kind of <laughs> like with the dishwasher thing, because I I think that, you know, maybe another alternative is to show him, but also just like, let it go. Like, just let mm-hmm. that go. Because like you said, now you've got some help here, right? Like, okay, all right, I've got some help. I'm going to appreciate that. And sometimes you might, you know, you might not be able to let it go, but (laughs) for the most part, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great that you can share those things and delegate. Like you said, I mean, this all goes back to delegating. It's huge. And it's del- and then your kids put them to work as soon as they can. (laughs) For example, I, I tell people my youngest now is five and he sorts his own laundry. And they're like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why not? He knows his colors. Right. We make a joke out of it. We make it fun. And he's telling me the problem comes when you have the multicolored clothes. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 mommy. This has green. I'm like, okay, we'll put all those on one side and mommy will sort those <laughs> out. <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> it teaches them responsibility. You don't have to be the one to do everything. And yes, do they do it perfectly? Of no, course not, no. right? But it it even if if you were supposed to do 100% and now you're doing 70%, that's still better than the 100% you were supposed to do. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And I call that partial partial delegation. And people don't think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they think delegation, they think all or none. Yeah. I need someone to clean my entire house and it's just like another for $200 every week. Mm-hmm. I cannot get someone to do that. How about you get someone to just come clean all the toilets? Because mm-hmm. yeah, you right. hate cleaning toilets, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Right. That's and a pay fifty dollars. Great point. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a really great. You point. know, I, that still takes away something. from some of the stress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. I mean, I mean, during the pandemic, we actually my this was my kids were yeah middle school, high school. You know, now they're they're. Uh, one went off to college and one's a busy junior in high school. But, you know, w- some years ago, we started having them c- join the rotation for making dinner for the family. And it wasn't always great dinner. It wasn't always great. But you know what? It was made for the family and they learned and they figured it out. And that was amazing. That was amazing. And they got to feel what it feels like when someone else makes dinner for them after they've already been responsible to make dinner themselves. And that relief is amazing. And they felt much more gracious even about it when Mm -hmm. it was made for them, even by those of us who make dinner. And mm-hmm. uh, so I think that is um, I think that was that was really, really useful. And then, you know, they go back to school and nobody's making dinner for me anymore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> What's up with that? Right. So uh, yeah. but it, it was it's just really delightful um, to, to yeah. use some of that stuff. Let's talk about lolly tasking. Where did that come from? Yes. So lolly tasking started as a podcast. I actually started just for um for the women when mm-hmm. I would coach them and people would want to learn more. So I have a podcast that's just Lolly Tasky where it talks that I interviewed a lot of like busy moms and ambitious mom and they talk about how they juggle mm-hmm. everything. Um, and then when I started coaching, um, 
I basically turned my coach into the same name. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, the business is Lolly Tasking. My name, my full name is Lola Day. I can tell you. Um, and Lolly was always a nickname they called me growing up. Oh, okay. So Lolly okay. Tasking is not multitasking because we don't multitask. Okay. Is doing things my own way. And I encourage people to do things their own way because that's the way that works the best, right? Oh, you have to do things. Not how Jimmy's mom, who's the best mom in the world, does it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to leave it to her standard. Uh No, I'm living to Lola's standard. And I joke when it comes to my my clients, I'm like, okay, so how are we going to Jamie task this? (laughs) Love it. How are we going to, you know, oh, so that's it. how lovely. Yeah. Nikki, Nikki is about, already yeah. taken for Nikki task. Nikki that's tasking. already fixed. I like Nikki it. Nikki tasking. <laughs> and love I, it. And I'm, love not, it. I'm not sure PD task actually lives up to the standard. PD task? PD task. That's great. That's, that's how the business came in. And that's how the podcast came in. And I just, again, with the podcasting, again, I record when I feel like yeah. and I I have multiple just waiting mm-hmm. to be released when it releases yeah. that's great and I I just try not to overdo it I do it because it's fun and I have time to do it I love it love I love it, it. Love so it. where can people find all of your different services and and things that you offer so you can go to www.lollytasking.com um, you can also follow me on Instagram at lollytasker. Okay. That's a little different with an E-R instead of an I-N-G. Because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they will not let me do I-N-G. Yeah. Um, and you can also email me at hello at lollytasking.com. Love it. Love it. Thank you love so it, love much. It. Thank you. Yeah, you're fantastic. You are a delight. Oh, you guys uh, are amazing. So great for you to be hanging out in your closet for a Pacha podcast <laughs> with us. Uh-oh, did I say that out loud? That's right. She's in, okay. she's in her closet. It's, okay. it's amazing. <laughs> Professional podcasters here, the, the lot of us. Uh, yep. We're so glad to have you. Uh, all the links are in the show notes. Definitely go check it out. Subscribe to the podcast. I'm just looking at the website. It looks like episode 39 is live now. And there are so many fantastic resources in here. So check it out. And thank you, everybody. We appreciate you for downloading and listening to this show. Thanks for your time and attention. Don't forget, if you have something to contribute to the conversation, we are heading over to the Show Talk channel in our Discord server, and you can join us right there by becoming a supporting member at the deluxe level. On behalf of Nikki Kinzer, I'm Pete Wright, and we'll see you right back here next week on Taking Control, the ADHD podcast. Mm-hmm.